at the time I was in a place in my career and educational goals where I was Mm -hmm. seeing an opening to go and earn my master's degree. When we looked at the numbers and our Mm -hmm. earnings, it just didn't line up. And we said, we've got to find money somewhere. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Welcome back. It's the first week of a new year. And I have a question to ask you. How many times have you seen the phrase new year, new you already? How does that make you feel as you're planning out what you're going to do in 2022? While I hope you're energized and enthusiastic about your family and financial goals that you want to tackle this year, I can also understand if you're a bit frustrated by all the hype about how important it is to hit the ground running. Honestly, I kind of feel the same way. I've been writing about that intersection of personal finance with family and marriage for over a decade. Every year as we talk about setting your goals and achieving them, whether it's paying down debt, saving in general, or for a specific goal, or investing for your future, there are certain patterns that I see happen over and over again. The biggest one is how few people are actually hitting and achieving their goals. Fidelity and a few others in the personal finance space and beyond do annual surveys and reports to track what people are working on, how hopeful they are for the future, and how many of them are achieving their goals. And while most people start off optimistic about how things are going to go, many times they burn out before they hit their actual goal. There are many reasons for that. And of course, these last two years have thrown a lot of people for a loop with COVID and the fallout from that. However, I think a core reason why people aren't able to tackle their goals is how they approach it. So a few episodes before we wrapped up the year, I was talking about setting up those pieces, building those better habits, making sure that your goals are smart, very specific, and that you work backwards to break it down into small steps. And those are key components, but there's another ingredient when it comes to not just making your goals, but sticking with it and being consistent. That's finding a sustainable system that makes sense for you and your situation. I see too many families get very focused on this specific how. For example, when paying off debt, should we use the debt snowball, avalanche, or lasso? And the answer is, it depends. It depends how much debt you have. It depends on how much extra income you have right now to put towards that debt. It depends on the type of debt you have. Is it high interest, low interest? All these different factors mean that different families will have different approaches. So when I have interviews on here, when I talk about these processes on the podcast, I want to give you models, not necessarily a map. The map is what you do. You create this destination that you want to achieve. Then you take the habits or systems or ideas from others and hopefully make it your own 
so that you can stick and be consistent with the process and see it through till you hit that goal. So all this month, we're going to do things a little bit different. Yes, we're going to be talking about families that have hit some great goals together and get into the process of how they did that. But more importantly, we're going to be digging into how they were able to find a system that fits them in their season of life. One of the most important steps is to address and acknowledge where you are now with your financial journey. Then you can see which tools would be best for your situation so that you can achieve whatever goal you're pursuing. Another piece to that puzzle is to find a process that you enjoy. If you're trying to tackle a big goal, say you have a mountain of debt to pay off, or you're trying to get a house down payment put together, chances are it's not going to happen overnight. So again, that consistency is important, but to stick with it, you have to feel motivated. And one of the best things you can do is find a process that you think is enjoyable and in some ways fun, which is why I'm so glad Jillian Siriani is on the podcast today. She and her husband had the big goal of paying off their student loans and cash flowing her degree. It took some creativity, as you heard in the teaser, because they had to find money in their budget somehow. They went for a big win, and not only were they able to save and pay off debt, they had a little bit of an adventure along the way. In this episode, we're going to get into why going for big wins in your budget can be a game changer, some unconventional ways you can slash your housing expenses, and then skills that you may already have that can save and make you money. Are you ready? Let's get started. You were trying to pay off student loans, which I know is on the minds of a lot of in the community, but also mm. debt in general. You and your husband, Eric, took an unconventional route, especially yes. when it comes to housing. So before we jump into like how you did that, can I ask who started that conversation and who came up with that idea? <laughs> which one of you is crazier? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Oh, Al, first of all, I love the theme that you're pulling out here of thinking outside the box, mm -hmm. because I think that that is the primary component when we're looking at really slashing debt or getting at other financial goals. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it does take thinking outside the box and moving past some of the limiting beliefs or mindset that we have. Some things are more attainable for some than others. So I think there's permission and there's ways for all of us to find ourselves uh, on this journey and what fits for us. So to answer your question of who's the crazier yes. one, it, I think for my husband and I, we kind of are neck and neck with that. I don't know that okay. I could fully say who actually ended up making the final call, but I do remember when we were considering well, before we even considered tiny living, we mm -hmm. were looking at boats and motorhomes. Mm. Not for us. We were not, okay. we, we were poor by a lot of standards. <laughs> we were on vacation with his family and they were mm. talking about, oh, wouldn't it be fun as an extended family to have a used boat that we can share in the summer times mm. together? So my husband loves to scour Facebook marketplace and Craigslist at the time, although we don't use that as much anymore. It's gotten a little more sketchy. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we, in that process, as he was mm-hmm. kind of scrolling through, was looking over his shoulder and seeing these motorhomes and realizing, whoa, that's a, that's everything you need. Yeah. Like, why would that need to be just for a vacation? What if we were to consider living in it. So I think it was kind of this, mm-hmm. he was looking at it. I was looking over his shoulder and we both had this, what if question, mm-hmm. and then that turned into reality. Yeah. So can you kind of give me an idea, the general time frame of having that conversation? Cause I think all of us get inspired. I know for me, I look at the tiny homes and maybe not the super tiny homes, mm-hmm. but this idea of simplifying and kind of paring down the things we don't need. How did that go from, this is a good idea to let's try this out. For us, we move relatively quickly. So Uh I would say it was only a couple of months before Mm -hmm. we ended up pulling the trigger on a motorhome. Now, granted that was because of life stage and obligation and responsibility. We were renting at the Mm -hmm. time month to month at this point. So we weren't locked into a lease. We don't have kids, didn't have kids at the time. Mm -hmm. So we were able to make a shift relatively quickly. It really was just a matter of finding the right deal, finding Mm -hmm. a good fit for us. That is the case. A lot of times, especially when you're buying used, you kind of got to be able to jump on the deal as you find. It. My husband thankfully knows a lot about motorhomes and found a really great one for us. And we, within a couple of months, bought it, pared yeah. down, moved in, and did that life. That sounds exciting, but I, I want to take a step back because I know you definitely saved money. A lot of times when we're doing financial goals and family decisions, there's a little bit of melding and the layers kind of get tangled up. So were you trying to simplify and saw that this was one way you could do it and save money to use to pay down the debt? Or were you thinking first, we got to pay down the debt. Let's look at these big expenses. What can we change? How did that work out? That's a great question for us. Mm -hmm. It was definitely looking at the numbers, not Mm -hmm. only paying down debt, but at the time I was in a place in my career and educational goals where I Mm -hmm. was seeing an opening to go and earn my master's degree. When we looked at the numbers and our Mm -hmm. earnings, it just didn't line up. And we said, we've got to find money somewhere. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that caused us to look at, well, what are our biggest expenses? We lived pretty simply before that. I don't know if I would have described myself as a minimalist at the time, but simply Mm -hmm. frugally, absolutely. In that slow going process of paying down debt on very small incomes, we saw as an opportunity to really cut back on a major expense. Living expenses do for most people represent usually about 30% of our incomes. Mm -hmm. And so if we could slash that, what an amazing opportunity. So a lot of people, when they saw us do that, their first question Mm -hmm. was, well, where are you traveling to? And that wasn't the case. That wasn't the goal. We did Mm -hmm. do some traveling, but for us, it was 
living within our means. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be able to afford our housing and be able to pay down debt and save and potentially earn my master's degree, which by the way, I did do as a result of that motor home. <laughs> I know it's such a celebration, Yeah, uh, but that was the reason. And that was the, as you said, Elf, thinking outside the box, things yeah. that we thought, oh, well, we're already just renting and it's very mm -hmm. inexpensive rent, but we found a way to slash that even further. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you bring up a good point. It's like, what's our circumstances at that time? Every family's different where they are in their season of life. But I really appreciate that you were willing to look at all of the expenses. I talk about this on the podcast a lot. I said, yes, you know, it's good to save $5, $10 here and build some good habits, yeah. but to have some huge wins, like housing, big expense, transportation, if they have a car payment and food, like those are the three biggies. If you could get those under control or somehow optimize that, not that you can coast with everything, but it's so much easier. So kudos on just putting that and keeping that on the table to discuss, mm -hmm. even if you didn't decide to go that route. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and as you mentioned to El fun, like yeah. cool to be able to have this experience and be able mm -hmm. to see the actual big win mm -hmm. in our finances as a result of this decision, but also learning along the way and mm -hmm. things that we're able to implement as a result. We had a lot of other, even non-traditional living experiences, even from there, but mm -hmm. I will say at this point, and it might come up later, but mm -hmm. we now own and live in a home. It's a small mm -hmm. home, but yeah. this wasn't for eternity. And I think that that's a big misnomer about tiny mm -hmm. living that it has to be for forever, or this is a lifetime mm -hmm. decision now. I think even not having a limiting belief in that regard that I could just do this temporarily to get at a financial goal and then mm -hmm. make changes from there based on life yeah. situation and my desires at the next juncture in the road. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned you had to pare down. Yes. Uh, so first of all, how big are we talking about this RV, this motorhome space was, and how much paring down did you have to do? So we went from an apartment that mm -hmm. was probably about... 1200 square feet. So not okay. massive, but mm -hmm. two bedrooms, big living space, full kitchen, mm -hmm. everything yeah. you would imagine there to about 800 square feet in that first motor home that we lived in. So relatively big, it had slide outs and it, yeah, it, it was a good size motor home, I would say, but it was quite the process. Thankfully I had moved a lot of times before mm -hmm. that. So I became pretty good <laughs> at understanding what that's going to take, but I, I definitely made piles throughout mm -hmm. our transition time of what am I donating? What am I selling? And what am I taking? And actually there's a fourth category of storage. We did end up taking out a small part of my parents' attic to put some things that we imagined we might need eventually. This may mm -hmm. not be an eternal life decision that we live in 800 square feet. So let's put some things aside so we don't have to rebuy them years down the road. So those four different categories found their homes in four different locations throughout the house. Okay. And it really was quite an 
exercise of identifying and really paying attention to my lifestyle mm-hmm. throughout those couple of weeks of what am I using most often? What might be necessary yeah. and what's not, what is not going to be able to fit and isn't going to actually have value or benefit to my life in a tinier situation. Yeah. I know sometimes that can be difficult. Like This past year, my mom moved. She's getting closer to retirement. She wants to be with the grandbabies. So she's right-sizing her house. She had a nice space, but now she realizes she still wants to have people over. She had to kind of do that inventory of like the stuff that she had. How often does she use it? Does she want to keep it? Does she want to give it to her friends, sell it? Like you mentioned, temporarily she stored it just until she -hmm. knew for sure like this was something she wanted to keep or not. Mm -hmm. It is a process. You mentioned your motorhome was used. So be honest with me, was it move-in ready or did you guys have to update that or did you do any customizing? It was move-in ready, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but dated. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I in a previous I would say life. We've been married almost 10 years now, and we've had different side hustles together throughout our marriage. One of which was home renovations. So we actually had a small business doing renovations for people. It's something we enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. It's a fun thing for us to do together. So we did do uh, quite the overhaul of this motor home and did, did our own renovations. It wasn't necessary, mm-hmm. but we wanted to make that little space beautiful and our own. So we certainly did our own renovations. I mean, I'll be frank about numbers. We were mm-hmm. able to purchase it for $18,000 and we put a couple thousand dollars into yeah. it and ended up selling it at a profit. We made about $10,000. Nice. Yeah. That's yep. great. And that's how we were able to cash flow. My master's degree was through the sale of that motor home. Then eventually, so it did. It did. I mean, we that's fantastic. Who can get a home for eighteen thousand now? Exactly. <laughs> and we were able to say we own yes. our home just yeah. within our means. And at the time, I mean, I'm a social worker, so mm-hmm. you can imagine what my salary has been in the past. Yeah, so. but but I I do love that because it allows you to pursue a career that's meaningful for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you do it on your terms. You lived in another motorhome and you tried some other. Can you tell me a little yes. bit of those adventures and how that went? Sure. I'll take you a yeah. little bit on the the quick snapshot of the journey. It was okay. the, the larger motor home. Mm-hmm. And then we moved into an house sat in a log cabin. Mm-hmm. So a couple who was nearing retirement, but final years of work, and they needed to go work in England, but yet they didn't want to sell their home or rent it. They just wanted it taken care of. And so okay. us moving into that log cabin allowed us to sell the motor home, but still live rent-free cash nice. flow and master's degree. Yes. Amazing. From there, we moved in with my grandmother who has dementia and wanted to prolong her ability to be in her own residence for yeah. as long as possible. So we then moved in with her that of course that was rent free, but we cared for her. So there yeah, was that's definitely a lot of work, an yeah. exchange there. Yeah. in a caretaking role. And mm-hmm. then from there, we bought and lived in a trailer. Mm-hmm. So the pull behind, not the vehicle version, but a pull okay. behind trailer. That was the biggest downsize at 170 square feet. 
It was so good though. And then sold that. And the sale of that was our down payment on our current home. We are now homeowners and live in St. Petersburg, Florida, but that was the kind of non-traditional living situation that we were in for about Mm -hmm. four years. Yeah. That's fantastic. If you don't mind me asking, how did you learn about that house sitting? Was that like a friend of a friend or in your network? It was within our network. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it it was a friend who knew that we were the type of people who might be open (laughs) to something like that and flexible Mm -hmm. and able to live in someone else's home. I will say that Mm -hmm. that's not for the faint of heart. And I did Mm -hmm. learn a lot through that, both in living in the log cabin, as well as with my grandmother, Mm -hmm. what it is to live in a space where you don't have any of your own things, right? I didn't have my own towels, my own dishware, my own home goods, but Am I able to be content and live in an environment where nothing of it is mine, but I'm able to still make a home there and be content? And my goodness, did that teach me so many things that I've now carried over into my own home? But that that was through friends of friends. However, yeah. anyone interested in this, it absolutely is available to people. There are websites that help connect those who are looking for house sitters with house cities. Many people find themselves in those situations where they don't want to rent it. They don't want to sell their home. They just Mm -hmm. want it taken care of. So it's, it's not only for those who have connections. Yeah. But I I think it also goes to show that when you take those first steps, your network knows, oh, they're willing to try something different. I think most people, their loved ones want to help them out. So communicate your goals like, Hey, we're trying to tackle debt or, Hey, we're doing this being upfront you know, about your goals. You never know what opportunities can pop up because I think that's something we overlook or we think like, oh, I don't want to talk about like, you know, I'm cutting back because I'm, you know, trying to pay off this debt or I'm trying to save up for a house down payment. But if you put it out there, a lot of people will support you. It can feel daunting, but I think Mm -hmm. it's such a good tip L to in anything, right? Mm -hmm. Whether we're looking for work or we're trying to reach financial goals, or we need a housing situation. I think Mm -hmm. exploring our own community and telling Mm -hmm. people that I think sometimes it can feel uncomfortable and maybe even taboo for whatever reason, but man, do I admire my friends who send me their resumes and say, Hey, I have no expectation here, but if you hear of anything, let me know so many times it has worked out that, okay, maybe not in the immediate moment, but now I know so-and-so is looking for something and, and I can help out in that way. So utilizing our own community, I think Mm -hmm. that's great. I absolutely agree. Yeah. I know for us, it was that stage where we were saving up for a house and we just put it out there. We love to eat. That's our socializing, Mm -hmm. but we needed to save money. And it actually was so beneficial. We didn't realize at that time we had friends who were already homeowners and they're like, let's do some potlucks. Like, let's get out of that rut of going out and meeting yeah. somewhere and let's go to each other's places. And they realized like, you know, we could save some money. This is always good. Uh, it upped our kitchen game <laughs> with cooking <laughs> years later. You don't know until you put it out there. Everyone has a talent And I think most people want to share, you know, if I can help them out, I'll help them out. If there's an opportunity they think that could help me, they do that. But if you keep it to yourself, if you're not sharing your, your goals or what you're looking towards, it's hard for people to, you know, pitch in. 
It's an untapped form of wealth and capital, if I can mm-hmm. even put it that way, of when we might find ourselves limited in finances, well, mm-hmm. what else do we have available to us? Who's in our community? How can we utilize friendships re- with reciprocity? I'm not yeah. just saying, yeah, like, we're not saying take advantage of people. <laughs> But you might find that others are in a similar place and there's so much that can be gained through relationship and given. And we all desire that, that reciprocity and relationship that we don't have to, I know I describe myself as, you know, poor by some standards when we moved into our motor home, but also Mm -hmm. rich and wealthy by others, because we did have an amazing community of friends and family. And so I think recognizing that there is more to it than just what's in the bank account. Yes. And I I think a lot of people want to share their talents too. Like you mentioned, think outside that box of only helping financially. Maybe there's a talent or something we could, you know, swap with each other where it's mutually beneficial. Absolutely. If someone's listening and they're thinking, you know what, I'm not sure if I want to do the motorhome thing, but I love this idea of trying something different, even if it's temporarily, like you mentioned, Mm. what are some life lessons or tips you would suggest to them. Absolutely. And again, there is freedom in this. Not one person's journey needs to be everybody's journey. But I think we don't talk enough about the intersection of our finances with minimalism, simple living, uh, eco-sustainability. And I think Mm -hmm. that is something that I did learn more about through my non-traditional tiny living experiences that I think can be passed on without actually doing something drastic. And so I think even the message of what can we scale back on? Where Mm -hmm. can we simplify even where in our current lives with how Mm -hmm. life now looks, Mm -hmm. where can we declutter and free up mental space and energy within our homes? Where can we cut back on some of the mindless spending? I I know for me that prior to moving into tiny living, Mm -hmm. I loved thrift store shopping and yard sales. I still do like that, but I will say I did it almost as a hobby or weekend Mm -hmm. activity. Whereas when I moved into a tiny home, it's like, I can't just bring in things, even (laughs) if it's inexpensive things, I don't have space for it. I think just being more intentional and mindful about what we're spending money on, even if it's inexpensive, even if you have room for it, do you need it? Does it serve Mm -hmm. a purpose? Is it going to help you towards a financial goal? So I think some of these learnings we can implement, even if our current circumstances aren't (laughs) forcing us to live super small. I also think that just aiming more at that values-based spending, really identifying what's important to us, where are our values and how can we make sure that our spending and saving aligns with our values and where it doesn't the freedom and permission to get rid of that thing that Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that. Even if other people are doing it, people think I should be doing it. I think I should be spending on it. If I don't actually enjoy it or value it, Mm -hmm. there's, there's room to adjust our lifestyles again, not needing to do something incredibly drastic. And I just think intentional living, we, there are components of what I walked through that I think Mm -hmm. anybody could implement to varying degrees somewhere along that spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, also looking at 
what we deem fixed expenses. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we just blow past rent, transportation, bills, mortgage, you name Mm -hmm. it, because uh, that's fixed. Those are the bills. Now, what else? Let me cut coffee. Okay, great. But like you said, (laughs) Al, that's not going to help us long-term cut debt, really have those big wins that we want to have. Thinking outside the box, looking Mm -hmm. at those fixed expenses, again, doesn't mean you've got to move into a motorhome, but where might there be room? Maybe we're stuck in a mortgage that is super massive. It doesn't allow with our values anymore. Kids are out of the house. I love the term you used for your mom, right sizing for her (laughs) current lifestyle. Um, Maybe travel is super important. So you don't need a large house anymore and and downsizing or whatever capacity that that means, or maybe you no longer need two vehicles and one vehicle will do it for you. Or maybe we could flip the whole thing all together and you've got room to host people on your property. You could be the place where others park their motor home or tiny house, or you've got something to rent out on your property and, and thereby gain community, but also earn more money. So I think, Mm -hmm. again, we think outside the box on these massive things and we might find room for ourselves. I think just people often myself included, we need permission Mm -hmm. to do that. We need somebody to kind of like spark the fire to think, well, what is available to me with the resources that I currently have. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. And I am totally in agreement about value-based spending. I know initially it's hard because you do, especially if you're dealing with these bills, you feel like they are all fixed in a way, like you're stuck with this. But I think like that first step is, can you define the, the one or two, the few priorities that absolutely you will never cut from your budget because they bring you that much joy or, you know, you would be miserable without it. It it took us a little bit of time. We did like little money challenges to figure out like, oh, okay, I definitely want to have this in my life or "Eh, I really didn't care. But for Mm -hmm. you, I'm curious kind of like to wrap things up. Like if you had to summarize your must do's or your priorities that absolutely your budget will support, what would you say those are? Yeah. At this point in time. And I think that there's room for that to change as life seasons change, but I've narrowed down that. I think some of my highest values and priorities are community and our relationships, Mm -hmm. generosity and beauty. Mm -hmm. I think most of what I spend on, or if not all could be correlated to those top three values and priorities. And so again, what that means for me might shift, but at this point it does include food. I am with you on that (laughs) one, Al, it's food. That doesn't always need to mean going out to eat, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it does definitely supplying food to other people. Hosting Mm -hmm. is the generosity and community piece. We have a lot of people in our home and staying with us. And, and the beauty piece is Mm -hmm. travel right now Mm -hmm. for me. I really, well, COVID really did a number on me with that. (laughs) So thankfully Mm -hmm. I then moved to a place that I find beautiful and I live near Mm -hmm. the water right now. What that also means is renovating our home and making it a space that we find beautiful. And so those things I'm okay with spending on, and we'll make room to spend on within reason. Of course, Mm -hmm. we've all got to look at our income and what, what we can afford and what makes sense for us. But that's where my money's going currently. And I'm thrilled for it. That's exciting. That is fantastic. Now I know Jillian, we 
just scratched the surface because I feel like you have a ton of good stories. So if anyone's listening and they want to learn more about you and those adventures and lessons learned, how can they do that? Oh, you're so kind, Elle. Well, I have a podcast with my good friend and co-host, <laughs> nice. Jen, the Frugal Friends podcast. So love it. you can listen to that anywhere mm-hmm. you find podcasts and also just our website, frugalfriendspodcast.com. We've got all kinds of fun stuff going on. You can learn about it there and find our episode archive. I know you, Elle, said you, you might link some episodes specifically about Absolutely. tiny living. Mm-hmm. And we did do a couple spots on that. I hope, and I feel like this will inspire families to find what creative path makes sense for them at this stage of life mm-hmm. to tackle those family and financial goals, because it should feel like an adventure. I don't want anyone listening saying, I have to pay off debt in three years and I'm going to be miserable. No, you can have fun. Yeah and take care of those financial goals. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I picked up from speaking with Jillian in preparing this episode. The first is be open to thinking outside the box or being creative when it comes to your finances. Not everyone has the circumstances to do what Jillian and her husband did with moving around and trying different types of housing. But is there something that you can experiment with when it comes to your budget? Is there something new you could try out to see if it can work for you and your family? Being open to the possibility of changing things up can also open up opportunities either with saving more money or in some cases making more money. If this is something that makes you nervous, you're not sure how it's going to work, one thing that's been helpful for us is doing a monthly money challenge. For some families, it could be something like a no-spend challenge for the month that forces them to evaluate the purchases that they make and to make do with what they have. Some cases, they find that while, yes, they're going to continue making purchases, they can be more thoughtful and conscious about it and have less waste and less clutter around the house. In that vein, the second takeaway I got from speaking with Jillian was making the most of what you already have. Maybe we can repurpose or reuse. I was thinking about that part in the conversation where Jillian and I were talking about our network, how many times our friends are there and they want to support us, or maybe they have a connection or a talent that could be a big boost to us reaching our goals. Of course, I'm not talking about using your friends or using the people around you, but putting your goals out there and seeing if there's a way you can exchange or trade or help one another out, 
your network, your family, your tribe, however you want to call this special group of people, they could be a source of help, strength, and encouragement as you're working towards your family and financial goals. With the goals that you have planned this year, include investing in your community. It's something that will pay off not just for yourself, but in the long run for everyone else. Finally, find the joy and the why behind your goals. In many cases, if you are tackling a huge financial or a family goal, it's going to take some time. And to stay motivated, you really have to remind yourself of the why. What's the joy or the personal win that you get out of this? If it's paying off debt, what can you do once that debt is paid off? What new opportunities are available to you once you hit that goal? And have a visual reminder of that. For some, they like to change the wallpaper on their phones or on their laptops to remind them of why they're doing this. Others like to have a chart where they measure the progress that they make, whether that's digital or they print it out and colored in as they are making those payments or saving that amount. However you prefer to do it, having a visual reminder of not just your goal, but the why and the joy behind it can keep you going on when things get tough or when you have a setback. If you want to talk about this more, you are looking for a supportive community that can swap more ideas, share stories about how they overcome some of their own personal setbacks, please join us in our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families. We're there to support one another out, share resources that have been helpful for us, and jumpstart conversations about improving our family finances together. So if you're interested, just go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB and sign up. We'd love to see you there. Special thanks to Jillian for being a part of this episode. If you haven't already, please catch her and her co-host Jen Smith over at Frugal Friends Podcast. As always, I'll include links to the resources we mentioned in this episode, including their podcasts, plus more over at simplifyandenjoy.com. Continuing on the theme about hitting your family and financial goals for the year, we're going to be discussing next week a common goal that a lot of people have, which is taking better care of their health. Believe it or not, there are a lot of parallels with reaching your fitness goals and your financial goals. So we're going to be talking about developing better habits with both and how to make it actually fun. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, I want to say thank you so much for your support. I am thrilled and excited about this next season of the podcast. And if you ever want to send in a question or send in an idea for a topic on the show, please do. Join our community at simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. <laughs>